Uh, we're talking about refreshed. Have we, have, we've all been there in the doldrums. Amen? Well, in case you don't know where the doldrums came from, it's taken from the word that means dull or lifeless. An expression in, uh, in the doldrums is used to describe a state of being bored, restless, in a slump. Sailors then gave the name to a specific region loaded at, located along the equator where the weather always seemed to illustrate a lifeless condition where there was little or no wind. Because of the way the earth rotates, then the wind and the weather and the clouds of the northern hemisphere would collide with the weather in the southern hemisphere and it would just kind of come together at the equator and they would both just kind of repulse each other and so there's just kind of this area five degrees north of the equator five degrees south of the equator that is called known as the intertropical convergent zone and and nothing happens I mean there is just a lot of dead wind no wind no life so when the sailors of old who before the days of powered ships motorized shipping they would get in this area they would call it the doldrums. You've been there spiritually, haven't you? You've been there where there has been no wind, no light, just kind of stagnant, just kind of dull, just kind of lifeless. You come to church, nothing. You read your Bible, nothing. You pray, nothing. You serve, nothing. No life, no joy, no nothing. It's just kind of doldrums, you know? And we've all been there. We still use that figure of speech to describe the doldrums. Somebody who's in a slump, lifeless, despondent, stagnant, just going through the motions. I think most of us can relate to being in the doldrums. You may know what you're supposed to do in life, and you even know that you're doing and going where you want to go, but you're stuck in a zone where there's no wind, no breath, no life, nothing to motivate you, nothing to move you along. When ships got trapped there, it usually meant they were stuck there because of the northern hemisphere and the southern hemisphere. That's where the two met. And I think you and I often get stuck in a similar manner, if we're honest. We know we don't want to go to hell, but we're not really sure we want to serve God. So we're kind of stuck between the northern hemisphere and a, and a southern hemisphere. We, we want to have one foot in the kingdom of God, but yet we want to have another foot in this world as well. And so there's, there's no joy. This isn't new. If you go to the book of Revelation, don't turn there. We're going to take our text from somewhere else. But in the book of Revelation, chapter 3, verses 15 and 16, the Bible says some of you are not hot the northern hemisphere. Some of you are not cold, the southern hemisphere. You're just lukewarm. And the results are disastrous. He said, because you're not hot, because you're not cold, he said, because you're lukewarm, I'm going to spew you out of my mouth. In other words, I'm not going to have any part of you, and you're not going to have any part of me, because you can't make your mind up. If you want to be in the northern hemisphere... Well, the southern hemisphere. In the letter to the church of Corinthians, Paul conveyed a similar message. He told him he couldn't consider some of them. First Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 1. He said, I can't consider some of you spiritual. And I can't consider some of you unspiritual. He said, I don't know where you are. Because you know better, but you don't do better. You have the power of the Holy Spirit of God, but you don't avail yourself to it. You're supposed to have peace, joy, love, but, but you don't exhibit those things. And you're just kind of stuck. In the doldrums. You're not growing. You're not, you're not becoming more Christ-like. 
And he says, you're carnal, you're just stuck in the flesh. Sometimes I think we drift into spiritual doldrums because we're pushed by life's disturbances, health issues, circumstances not of our own making. A son or a daughter, a mom or a dad goes through divorce and their world and their upheaval throws our world into an upheaval as well. In fact, I think sometimes the doldrums are a magnet for storms. You ever found out that if you get there and that lifeless just kind of, kind of, nothing happened in time, that the storms either get us there or they keep us there or they happen while we're there. And so often the doldrums are a result of weariness or spiritual fatigue. Have you ever been there? Spiritual fatigue. Weariness or spiritual fatigue. And that's really kind of what I want to focus in on this morning. Our typical response to weariness and spiritual fatigue is to say, Well, I just need a break. I just need to rest. I want you to understand that physical rest and spiritual rest are not the same thing. You can rest physically. And spiritually be in turmoil. You can be spiritually at peace and have all of the activity that your energy and muscle and life can handle and be at peace. They're not the same. As a matter of fact, statistics tell us that if you are actively involved in church and you get burnt out, strung out, you get in this doldrum state where you say, I need to step back, I need to take a break. You know what happens? Two-thirds of the time, you never step back up to the level of involvement that you were before you hit the doldrums. I'm telling you, this thing of spiritual doldrums is really an important issue to address. This thing about life and the spirit is just this this important concept to get a hold of, this idea of fresh wind and fresh life. See, for the sailors, they needed wind to propel them in that doldrum area. And if you and I are going to live spiritually, if you and I are going to thrive as believers in Jesus Christ, I am telling you, we have got to have the wind of heaven, and that's the Spirit of God. The Bible calls him the Holy Spirit. Uh, the Holy Ghost, if you have the King James Bible, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of living God, the Spirit of Christ living within you. There are a lot of kind of identifiers, but we're talking about the Spirit of God given through the, the, through the work of Jesus Christ that lives in our heart to help us, to strengthen us, to empower us, to enliven us, to help us understand truth, to apply the truth, to live the truth, to serve and to serve joyously in the kingdom of God. And some of you need that fresh wind today. By the way, the idea of wind was not new. And the wind being associated with the Spirit of God was not new to the early, or was not new to the Hebrews. Wasn't new to the the New Testament crowd. Jesus said in John chapter 3 and verse 8, he said, The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you can't tell where it's coming from or where it's going. So it is with everyone that is born of the Spirit of God. In other words, God does this mysterious working in our heart that humanity cannot explain. John 3, 16, you can't explain the fifth word in that verse. For God so loved the world. 
What a marvelous mystery of God's grace. And so he says, just like the wind blows. Now we understand wetting patterns. And, and we, man, didn't you have a big wind last night? Whew. Clayton and, uh, Clayton and Taylor and, and, and six folks from church, they were at the University of Michigan football game. They showed up at the high school game, but, but they were at the football game when a big rain thing came down. And I'm telling you, we, we have all kind of meteorology and technology to help us understand, but I'm telling you, it's still, you just never know about the weather. Well, you just cannot control the weather. You and I cannot control the Spirit of God. And he says, those of us who know Christ were born in the Spirit. The word wind and spirit are derived from the same Greek word, pneumos or, or pneuma. And God brings the breeze when and where he chooses. And we're to follow that wind and the Spirit of God because it's the Spirit of God that brings life and moves us out of spiritual doldrum. The wind. The breath, the spirit of God. Israel had this amazing prophet in the Old Testament by the name of Ezekiel. Ezekiel was a prophet that God gave the message through visions. And so Ezekiel had a vision one night. And he was in the valley of dry bones. And there was no life. It was just skeleton after skeleton. A vast army of skeletons. And God told Ezekiel to preach the word. And so Ezekiel preached the word. And when he preached the word and declared what thus saith the word of the Lord, there was a great, the Bible is so cool, man. The, the wording is so cool in the Hebrew. Man, there was a lot of shaking going on. There was a lot of movement going on. And bones came together and joined together. And tendons and ligaments and muscles bound around those bones. And then skin came around the muscle tissue. And, and it, you know, the body reformed. And they had all the movement, they had all the activity, but there was no life. Listen, God never intended for his child to go through the spiritual motions and not be full of his life. There's a lot of us, we make a lot of noise in church. We do a lot of activity. There's a lot of shaking going on, man. We are, we are just doing it when it comes to kingdom work. But is the life, is the breath of heaven, is the wind of God truly blowing in your soul? And if it isn't, you're going to end up five degrees north of where God wants you to be. Or five degrees south of where God wants you to be. You're going to end up in this place of spiritual doldrum. Because you have done everything in the flesh. Which just exasperates the weariness of your spirit. And pretty soon you're going to say. Either consciously or subconsciously. This just isn't for me. But then he said to Ezekiel. Speak to the wind. Speak to the wind. Speak to the wind. He didn't quite understand it, but he spoke to the wind. And the wind came, and it's so eloquent in the Hebrew. It came from the four corners of the world and converged on that valley of dry bones that were now, in the, that, that, that were now lifeless bodies. And when the wind of heaven showed up, when the Spirit of God showed up, all of a sudden the dead things became alive because of the power of God. Listen to verse 13. Verse 14, God said, I will put my spirit within you. Why? So we can have life, vitality, strength, joy, confidence. So we can sail out of the spiritual doldrums. The soul 
your soul, my soul, needs the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, to have life. Without this fresh breeze from heaven, without this breath of God, the Holy Spirit of God moving in our lives, man, we're going to get stressed out, we're going to get burned out, we're going to get tired out, we're going to get frustrated, aggravated, irritated. You can be involved in a whole lot of activities, but unless the breath of God is on you, moves you, stirs you, and is allowed to move you, you will never know what it is. To have that rest that they sang about in that song. Where you lay down your burdens and your weariness. And you just come as you are. It's a great thought, isn't it? So I kept trying to say if I could illustrate this in a different way this morning. Because really it's a message that if you've been in church any length of time, you've heard a message like this before. So I thought if I could illustrate this, it, it might help us so We're going to have to have a little audience participation, all right? And it it will help me if you will participate, and and, and that will be be great. So so I need a volunteer. Tony, thank you for volunteering. Yeah, yeah, come here. By the way, nobody, I didn't realize somebody was going to volunteer, you know? I mean, I know. It's like, that was like shocking to me. Tony, I need you to to come up here, all right? And, uh, And buddy, all I want you to do... I want you to stay in the light. See, is he going to be in the light right here, Dave? All right, sit right there. All right. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to let this pinwheel represent your soul. All right? And to have life, your soul needs the breath of God. It needs movement. God created our souls not to be stagnant, but to move in the Spirit and, and to let the Holy Spirit of God have His way in our hearts. And so you are to, there's, there's a couple of rules to this thing, okay, Whoop. and uh, you're not going to hula hoop, but you have to stay, you have to stay in the circle on the chair, okay? You can't get down off the chair. You cannot use anybody else to help you. This is all on your own, Okay? All right? And so you just, just have to keep it going. Okay? All right? Got it? Great. Okay. But I forgot one thing. Your pinwheel is not here. See, everybody turn around and see on the, on the edge of the sound booth, that's your pinwheel. Okay? All right. Now, Dave, turn it just a little bit so he can at least catch it. Yeah, at least so he has a pocket to catch it, okay? Now, for the rest of the sermon, no matter what I do, your job, your goal, you got one thing, because if you don't make that thing spin, you're going to die, basically, you're going to go to hell. I mean, that's really the bottom line here. So you, for your soul to live, it's got to move. Your job is to make it move. You can't move, have to stay in the circle, have to stay on the chair, can't use anybody else to help you. You got to figure it out, got it? But I want you to be positive about it. Okay. I want you to have good karma here. All right? I want, you, I want you to, you know, I want you to feel good about yourself. All right? And, and I, I, want you to, I want you to have good chi, you know, and, and good inner peace. Yes, as you do all this stuff. But I want you to understand that eternity hangs on getting that thing to move. You got it? Got it. it moves, you live. It doesn't move. You got it? Okay. Great. Go ahead. Keep going. Uh, we have medics here. So keep going. Okay, now you, you feeling good? 
Are you feeling positive? A little, a little lightheaded? Yeah. All right. But, I mean, you feel good about yourself? Channeling a lot of positive energy that direction? Channel it harder now. Come on. Because yeah. channeling is big. Do you want a crystal or something to help you? You know? Well, you can. It's all on your own. Okay. Keep, keep working. Now, what I also want you to understand is that over 2,000 years ago, there was this event in the church. And this event in Acts chapter 2 brought a great big wind, all right, into, keep going, into the church scene. Don't stop, man. Dude, you, I'm telling you, more positive. Come on, more positive now. Come on, focus, focus, channel, channel it. And so what happened is that years ago in Acts chapter 2, this thing of Pentecost happened. And you talk about a, a mighty rushing wind. I'm telling you, this thing, are you ready? This thing, man, when the, the Bible tells us it made a great big noise, all right? It made this huge noise. Yeah, it made this huge noise, and it changed everything. And, man, it just said, look at, oh, baby, this is, Tony, Tony, look at this, dude. This is good. Huh? This, I'm, this is good. Tony, work on it over there, all right? Keep, keep working it, buddy, and, and you do fine. So when the Holy Spirit came, it changed everything. I mean, the Spirit of God moved, and it gave life. They had the Son of God. They had the blood of Jesus Christ covering their sins. They had redemption and eternal life in Christ. They no longer had to do this on their own to get to heaven, but they had this to reveal truth to them. And all of a sudden, this breath of fresh air came in their soul, and the church just went crazy with the power of God in their soul because it was real life, His Spirit, His life. The breath of heaven was now just breathing through the church. Got it? And so here's the church. Man, it's just... It's just good. It was just real good. But you know what we do? And by the way, I believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I believe when you get saved, man, all this happens right here. But the problem is, we don't live right here. Matter of fact, Mark, uh, Randy, would you come up here and help me, please? This is Randy Alford. Randy is one of our, our team leaders on our serving team, just does an awesome job. Tony? More positive, buddy. Come on now. More positive. We're told today if you're positive and you channel it, you, you can do this thing. All right? Now, so, so we've, we've got a person who's lost trying to work his way into heaven. you got the Holy Spirit of God who says, I will, uh, I will bring life. Yeah, let's mess it up around here. All right, Randy, I need you to slide over here just, just, uh, just a little bit. All right? And then all I want you to do... I just want you to keep, I just want you to keep it going. Just keep it going. There you go. Keep it going. Tony, you doing okay? Keep working at it, buddy. A lot, of, a lot of stuff's going on here, but I want you to keep doing it. I've not seen it move a bit. This is like bad for you and the family right here. All right? And this is Pentecost. This is the Holy Spirit coming and just helping us in our, in our heart and in our, in our lives. But here's where most of us live. Most of us in this room are not in this chair because we've accepted Christ as our Savior. We know what it is to have forgiveness of sin and have the fresh wind of God blow in our hearts, but we don't live here. 
Matter of fact, this happens throughout our lives, but, but a lot of times it, God, the wind of God, the Holy Spirit of God shows up when we have special needs and, and situations and he shows up in a big way. But most of us walk away from this and we try and we just do this. We, we don't use the wind that God sends our way. We try to make our own wind. And we're tired, and so we do things that if I just work harder, God will love me more. If I just do more, God will love me more. If I just live better, God will love me more. And because there's emptiness in our soul, because you come to church on Sunday, but you don't read the Bible through the week. You come to church on Sunday, but you don't pray to God through the week. And so every time you come to church on Sunday, you move closer to the breeze. But every time you go a day, you don't read your Bible, you don't pray. You, you don't just spend time thinking on God's Word. You move a little bit farther away, and you move a little bit farther away. But because your soul was designed to move, to spend, to have life, and you're not getting this wind, now all of a sudden you're creating your own wind. And I guarantee you, Tony over here is getting really tired. He's working hard. It's a great guy. Everybody ought to have him over to their house for dinner after this thing. But here's Randy. And Randy's just blowing and blowing and blowing and blowing and blowing and blowing. Work with me here. And blowing. Stay with me. Blowing and blowing. Is this fun? Keep going. He said, not at all. <laughs> not, not at all. I'm telling you, here's where most of you live, is right there in that chair. God offers you this, but you choose to live here. Let me give you one other picture of the New Testament and, and, and the Spirit of God. Joe, if you'll bring that out, Pastor Joe, I appreciate it so much. And, and I, I need one more volunteer. Uh, yeah, yeah, come on up, come on up. I know, I know, this is your big moment, you know. All right, now, your job, your job, no, 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 you hold that. Your job is just to hold that in front of the fan. There you go. We just got to, so that it moves, Okay. And wherever the fan goes, you have to go. It does go far. All right? So wherever the fan goes, there we go. One more. So wherever the fan goes, wherever the wind goes, you got to go. Got it? You got one job. He's got one job. Make the fan move. He's got one job. Keep the fan moving. He's tiring out. You got one job. Follow the wind. Follow the, follow the wind. You can, you can move your feet. You can, you can do all that. So now here's the deal. We all have a choice. The unbeliever sits in his chair and says, I can be good enough. If I'm positive enough. If I'm likable enough. If I'm a good husband enough. And he is a good husband, right? He is a good dad, right? Yeah, yeah his boy's laughing right now. And... Uh, and, but we think if we're good enough. Now the problem is, it doesn't matter how good Tony is. Is that thing back there ever going to move? No, why? 
Because the distance between him and that pinwheel is so great, he'll never be able to deal with it on his own. Listen, the distance between you and God is so great. If you are lost and don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, it's so great on your own. You will never be able to deal with it on your own. But the good news of the gospel is, for God so loved the world... That he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And then when Tony couldn't go, Dave, would you do me a favor now? Would you grab that thing? When Tony could not get to what his soul needed, Dave, grab it and bring it up here. Come on, Dave, run, 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 Dave, run, Dave, run, Forrest, run, run, Forrest, run. When, De- when Tony could not get to what his soul spiritually needed, God brought it to Tony in the form of Jesus Christ. But then there's a lot of you as Christians, you can stop. Just stay right there. There's a lot of you as believers, you've been saved and you know what this feels like. You know what this moment is. And there's been times in your walk with the Lord, you have felt his power, you knew his presence, you understood his guidance. It was clear as clear could be. But you live over here in this chair. When this is offered to you, when this is offered to you, you choose to live here. What is the difference between this and what is the difference between this? It's one word. Submission. You you see, in this chair and in this chair, they both try to control God and the Spirit of God. With this and with this... You just follow the movement of the Spirit of God wherever it blows in whatever direction it's going. The difference between this and this, the difference between this and that, the difference between this and this is submitting to the leading of the Holy Spirit of God. If you want to live in the Spirit, you've got to follow the Spirit of God Almighty. T.J. Bach said this, the Holy Spirit longs to reveal to you the deeper things of God. He longs to love you. He longs to work through you. Through the blessed Holy Spirit, you have strength for every duty, wisdom for every problem, comfort for every joy, for every sorrow, and joy in his overflowing service when you live here. Oh, this will show up. But our calling is to follow the wind. Follow the Spirit of God. Because the Spirit of God always sails us into being more like Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to listen. Everybody just... I don't want to turn the spirit off, but I just kind of want it real quiet here for just a second. There's a lot of you who are weary because you are spending a lifetime doing this and you're spending a lifetime doing this when God calls us to do this, to be saved, to give our heart and life to Jesus Christ, and then to follow Christ through the leading of the spirit of God in our life. 
And there's so many of you, you are saying, no, I'm not going to follow God. I'm not going to serve. I'm just going to step back. I need a break. I need to rest. Listen, you can rest all you want till Jesus comes. But the peace in your soul that you need will not come until you submit, till you lay down your pride, lay down your shame, everything we sung about in that song, until you lay it down and say, Jesus, I choose to live here, following the spirit and the breath of God. Would you bow your heads and would you close your eyes for just a moment?